The Medallion, Chapter 15 Kate and Jord walked up a wide street that had been cleared through the rubble toward the center of the city. The left side was only ruined buildings and piles of small stones, but on the right, the larger blocks from those ruins had been used to create a tall partition wall. At the central intersection, a broken statue stuck out of a pool of dirty water. Beyond the stone figures, the street they were on continued through the broken buildings. That was the spot where an old man found her and had taken her to a safe place with smaller buildings. She tried to remember more, but nothing else came clear. George took her hand and led her along a curved wall toward a gate protected by a guard tower. He spoke briefly to the guard and the gate opened to let them pass through. The street was framed by ornate buildings, but the windows were all dark and empty. An arched entry loomed ahead and as they walked through it, memories tugged at the corners of Kate's mind. The terraced cobblestone plaza they were in was bordered on each side by a high wall, but Kate focused her attention on the massive statue at the top of the plaza that had been cut from the wall of the cavern. She was trying to get a glimpse of what was moving inside the openings cut into its torso when she tripped over the next set of stone steps and fell to the ground. In an instant, Jord was at her side. Are you hurt? No, I'm okay, Kate sat up. I landed on my bag. Jord helped her to her feet. I was too deep in my own thoughts instead of watching out for you. Please forgive me. It was my own fault. I was too busy looking up at the statue. It's pretty amazing. Jord snorted. It should be. It cost many lives to build and the face isn't even finished. He gestured to the steps. Please sit here while I see if we can go inside to meet with Tirith. Kate nodded and sat on the edge of the stairs. Jord crossed to a smaller door set into the plaza wall off to the right. A tall building with rows of windows peered over the wall. That had to be the palace. A guard opened the door and spoke with Jord. The door slammed and Jord made his way back to Kate. The guard says Tirith isn't seeing anyone. In a bitter tone, he added, not even me. He picked up Kate's duffel bag and seemed surprised by its weight. I should have offered to carry this for you earlier. Please excuse me. I'm not being a very good host. He pointed to an open gate on the other side of the plaza. You can have something to eat and rest in the priest's quarters, and tomorrow morning we will try to see her. Do you live in the priest's quarters? Jord nodded. When Tyr's father died in the battle with the chief watcher, I took his place as the high priest. I thought it would mean that Tirith and I would become counterparts, but that has not taken place. He looked longingly back to the door in the palace wall. I think she just needs time to get over her father's death. They crossed the expanse of cobblestones and entered through a broken gate into a smaller courtyard. On the other side, the door leading into a tall, peaked roof building stood ajar. Jord pulled Kate off to one side. It's not generally permitted to take a woman past the main hall and inside the priest's compound, but your face is dirty enough to pass for a man's. Kate frowned and Jord touched her cheek. Don't worry. It would take all the dirt in the core to completely cover up your true beauty. Kate's face flushed as Jord pointed to the open door. When we go inside, stay close behind me and don't talk to anyone. Crossing the courtyard, Jord led her inside and quickly down a hallway. They passed a high room and through the open doors, Kate glimpsed a huge table with a metal chandelier hanging over its center. Watch the steps. Jord whispered over his shoulder. Kate glanced down just in time to avoid tumbling down the stairs that led out a back door. Jord paused on the bottom stair, peering into the darkness before leading her through a raised garden. They hurried past a walled pool towards a row of smaller peaked roof buildings, most of which had their doors broken off. Jord moved through them and onto a second row that was in better shape. He opened the door to one, motioned Kate inside and shut the door behind them. A bright light flared from the end of a short stick and Jord pushed a light into a holder on the wall. 
The room smelled of mold and contained only a bed and a small table. I'm sorry about the state of this place. It hasn't been used since the priests were, well, not for a while. Jorah dropped Kate's duffel bag in the corner of the room and crossed to the bed. He shook out the blankets, creating swirls of dust in the flickering light. This is only for tonight. Tomorrow I can take you to the palace and you will receive a better welcome there. This is where we're staying tonight? This is where you will stay, but I must go back to the priest's quarters. You can rest here until the new light when we can try to see Tirith again. Kate nodded, but the thought of being left alone out here in the dark wasn't appealing. Jord pointed to the door. You can use that bolt to lock the door. Kate thought of all the broken doors she'd seen in the other buildings. The locks didn't appear to do much good. He pulled a robe from a peg. And you can put this on if you get cold. He held it out, but then took it back. Never mind. This one doesn't smell that great. You can wear mine for tonight. Kate looked away as he started to pull his robe off. He coughed, and she turned back around. Jord had the dirty robe on and held out his own. Do you think you will visit the chamber tonight? he asked. Kate fingered the chain of the medallion around her neck. I don't even know how I got there the last time. Were you wearing the medallion when you fell asleep? Yes. Jord paused. Then I think it might be best if you do not wear it tonight. We don't know who else might have one of the medallions and if they are dangerous. Jord turned and opened the door, looking to both sides before stepping out into the night. Be sure to lock the door, he said softly. As soon as I have done my duties, I will return and check on you and bring you something to eat. The door creaked shut, and Kate eased the bolt into place. The torch on the wall wavered and dimmed. Sitting on the edge of the bed, she pulled the bone nest medallion out of her pocket and placed it on the table beside her. Reluctantly, she lifted the medallion with the green glow from around her neck and set it next to the silver one. Wrapping Jorid's robe around her, she pulled her feet up on the bed and laid back. His robe smelled smoky and sweet, like the incense her mother used when she dated the guy that was into meditation. Kate turned on her side to watch the torch on the wall. The flame was getting lower, sputtering and dripping goo over the floor. With one last flicker, the light died. A heavy silence settled into the room, and she felt along the table until a familiar glow sprang to life. She needed her medallion's comfort in this strange place, no matter what Jord said. Looping the chain around her neck, she lay back and snuggled into Jord's robe. When Kate opened her eyes, she was in the entry to the dream chamber with the narrow door in front of her. Jord had asked her not to go in, but what was the point of waiting here in the anteroom? Entering the main council chamber, she immediately turned to the right to avoid looking into the black space beyond the shattered door. Jord's door was dark as expected, but the star on the one next to it glowed. Surely it would be okay to take a quick look through the peephole and see who was inside. Kate touched the edge of the star and it slipped away. A young man stood before her, his face framed by dark, curly hair. His eyes were closed and he had a peaceful smile on his face. Kate found herself staring at him until the young man's eyes fluttered beneath their lids, then opened and focused on her. Kate raised her hand to close the star again as a frown creased his forehead. You're not. Who are you? I'm sorry. Jord asked me not to speak with anyone in the chamber. Kate's hand hovered by the store. She didn't want to shut it. Not yet. The young man frowned. Ah, yes, Jord. I know him well. He stepped closer to the door and his warm smile shone in the gray eyes. But who are you? I don't think we've met before. My name is Kate. She moved a bit closer. Her hand touched outside the star and the door melted away. The man must have thought she'd open it intentionally, for he moved even closer. She hoped this door worked the same and he could not move past it. Hello, Kate. 
You must be from the palace, for you look like a princess in that gown. Kate looked down to discover she was in a brilliant white dress. I don't know why. It's not what I was wearing when I went to sleep. The young man touched his own robe of royal purple. I know what you mean. If you could see me sleeping, you would not recognize me. I haven't washed my clothes in a long time. Is my face even clean? Kate nodded and he smiled broadly. I can only hope that what the legends say about this place are true. It would certainly make me feel better about myself. He gestured grandly at Kate, and it would fit your beauty as well. Coming from him, the compliment sounded much more genuine than those from Jorid. What legends? They say that in the council chamber you wear what is in your soul. If you are unjust or untrue, it will be evident to the others by what you are wearing. You may still be allowed to enter the room, but until you're dressed appropriately, you cannot participate in council decisions. Then you must be a kind-hearted king, Kate pointed to his robe, at least from the way you're dressed. Thank you. No one has seen me for who I truly am for a long time. He ran a hand down his sleeve. I was beginning to wonder if my heart was growing cold. His face grew somber as he gazed at Kate's glowing medallion. I don't feel much like a king, but I do have some advice for a princess. You must be very careful who you show the chamber master to. The what? The glowing medallion you carry is the chamber master. It is the only one that can open the anteroom doors and call the council to session. With the chamber master, you govern the council. In the past days, it was a privilege to carry it, but now it is a threat as there are many who would like to take it from you. The young man glanced over his shoulder. Someone is outside the place where I am sleeping. They have found me again and I must leave you. He turned back to her. When you awake, do not speak of this to Jorid. Although he tries to do well, his anger gets the better of him at times. I won't, I... The young man vanished from the room. Promise. Kate closed his door and turned back to her own entrance. Jorid's door was still dark, so he must be awake and on his way to meet her. She needed to get back. As she moved toward her entry, a cold breeze drifted out from the darkness beyond the shattered door. She reached a hand towards it and a chill ran up her arm. Her bruised wrist ached and there was a strong desire to move closer. Instinctively, she held up the light of the medallion toward herself. Her resolve strengthened and she stepped quickly back to her own entry room. When she awoke on the bed in the priest's compound, she was shivering and hungry. How long was it going to take George to return for her? Pulling the hood of his robe over her head, she listened carefully, but there was only the scratching of a small creature up in the corner of the roof. Leaving the bed, Kate unlocked the door and eased it open. The pale light from the blue globes overhead cast deep shadows into the gaps between the buildings, but nothing moved. It would be better to wait for Jorid by the reflecting pool instead of this stuffy room. Stepping back inside, she retrieved the silver medallion she'd found in a nest of bones from the table. This time she would hold it in her hand so there would be no mistaking it for the glowing one around her neck if Jorid asked to see her medallion again. Closing the door quietly behind her, Kate crept back into the open courtyard of grazed garden beds. As she sat on the edge of the walled pool, a small translucent fish broke the surface, sending ripples out across the dark water. The water grew still and her reflection appeared between the lily pads that floated on the surface. In the water, the scar on her cheek appeared to be more jagged than before. She reached up to touch her own face, but no hand appeared in the reflection, and a voice spoke out beside her. The palace guard said you were looking for me? The mouth of the face and the reflection moved. Kate stiffened and the face in the pool disappeared. I'm sorry I was not able to meet you earlier. Things are complicated. Kate remained still. This had to be Tirith, and she was mistaking Kate for Jorid because of his robe. 
A hand gently touched Kate's shoulder. Please do not be angry with me, Jord. Kate stood and slowly turned but kept her head lowered. The woman before her was wearing a stained and tattered gray robe, but underneath it Kate glimpsed polished black boots and a dark satin gown. Jorid, please say something. Don't be so. The woman reached out and pushed Kate's hood back. Tirith looked at her with astonishment and for a moment they just stared at each other. Hello, Tirith. Tirith's brow creased. How do you know me? Who are you? We've never met, but Jorid has told me about you. You are wearing his robe? The question and the statement made Kate uncomfortable. He let me borrow it after he left my bedroom, Tirith frowned. No, he was helping me. I was locked outside the stone door and then he opened it for me. Then I told him I wanted to meet you, but you weren't available, so he said I should stay in those for the night. She pointed at the row of buildings. I was planning to come see you in the morning. Why? Kate drew in a deep breath. I thought you might have an idea where Corvin is. I need to find him. Tirith clasped Kate's shoulder and looked past Kate as if she expected Corvin to walk out from the shadows. I thought I saw him earlier, but I did not think it was possible. She nodded to Kate. Something in my heart told me he was still alive. Where is he gone? Kate eased herself free from Tirith's grasp. The woman obviously thought a lot of Corvin. Jorad was right. Tirith had been waiting for Corvin's return so they could be together. That must have been Corvin's plan all along— no wonder he was working so hard in the cellar to return. Kate, where are you? George's voice came from the shadows around the small buildings. Tirith backed up toward the main building. It's Jorid. Don't tell him I was here. She vanished into a dark alcove beside the hall entrance. Footsteps approached and Jorid appeared. Kate's nerves ran wild and she sat back down on the edge of the pool to steady herself. I thought I heard voices, Jorid said. Are you all right? Kate nodded. I couldn't sleep. Your night must be different than mine. I brought you something to eat. He held out a flat loaf of braided bread and a round fruit. You'd best eat them together as the bread is a little dry by itself. Kate took a small bite of the fruit. It was fuzzy and sweet like a peach, but not as coarse. When she added a bite of the bread, the flavors reminded her of the sandwiches Corvin's mother would send for her lunch. George sat beside her. How is your night different than ours? Our stars are much brighter than those round things on your ceiling. The Lumians? They are our source of life. Are your stars a source of life? No, ours just twinkle and make the night a little brighter. Do they fade with the cycles? Ours grow gradually dimmer until the night of deepest dark, then brighten until the brightest day of the cycle. Kate shook her head. Ours stay mostly the same, but you can see them better when the moon isn't full. George cocked his head to one side. Moon? No, moon. It's a big ball of light. Ah, yes, we have one of those. Jorid moved closer and pointed to a cluster of lights. The largest of our Lumians is not glowing tonight. It's not the right phase, but when it does, our night is brighter too. He brought his arm down to touch Kate's hand and looked into her eyes. But you outshine the brightest Lumian. When I first met you in the chamber dressed in that white gown, I thought you were exceedingly beautiful. Kate stiffened. The compliment made her uncomfortable, and it wasn't only because Tirith was listening to every word. He touched her hand again. You are carrying your medallion. Were you in the chamber tonight? Kate nodded. Did you see anyone? Kate didn't answer. The curly-haired man in the chamber had said not to tell Jorid about their meeting. Jorid leaned in close against her. Jorid, please sit up, Kate whispered, pushing on his shoulders. His body slid forward and fell into her lap, knocking the medallion from her hand. 
Kate tried to stand, but a heavy hand pushed her down and a wet cloth was clamped across her face. She struggled to breathe, but a strong odor of burnt oil filled her head and everything went black.